Hey girls, Maria Menounos here, author of the Every Girl's Guide to Life. Want to know my best tips and secrets for organization, travel, weight loss, beauty, fashion, and everything else in between? Go to bing.com slash Maria and pick up my new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for 16 and Pregnant. Tonight's host is Mari Fagel. Joining Mari will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Isabel Mora, Courtney Stewart, and Ed Bowling. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest 16 and Pregnant news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, Mari Fagel! Hi, everyone. I'm looking forward to talking about this episode with Taylor, Nathan, and Aubrey. Uh, Ed and Isabel will be joining us, but I have Courtney with me now. Hi, Courtney. Actually, we have Ed and Isabel here right now. Hey, guys. Oh, 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 and Ed is here now, too. Hi, guys. So everybody's joining now. Yes, everybody's. What's with the Phantom of the Opera music in the background? Did anybody else hear that? I don't think my mic is working. Oh, there we go. It's working now. Oh, okay. Well, we got a full house just in time for the show to begin. So, um, I want to get into everything, but everyone, first thoughts on the episode. What did you guys think? Okay, I can say I don't like the guy. (laughs) Is that enough? You said you don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. I don't like mean people. Mean people suck. Um, I kind of felt like the mom was trying to make her daughter relieve what she lived when she was 17. I didn't like that. I didn't like... I don't want to say I didn't like the mom. I just didn't like how she was pushing for adoption the whole time. I think that this and is Courtney. the saddest episode I've ever seen. <laughs> the most really? Rest. She said the saddest. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Oh, wait. I agree okay. with you. I mean, I, what was it that was, that was so sad? Because, I mean... Every episode of 16 and Pregnant is sad. Everyone shows all the hardships and the struggles. So what was it about this one in particular? Well, I think this one was a little harder. I mean, it was harder for me to watch, at least, because as much as I um, agree that, like with Isabel saying, how the mom was sort of pushing her agenda sort of idea, I could see in her mom that her mom saw her future with this guy and was trying really hard not to have her have to go through that. And it just seemed like that girl, the girl just seemed really, I don't know, she came across very pitiful to me. And especially when the guy, like, it's like she believed in this, 
they all believe in their guys, I guess. But this one just seemed real obvious on the bat that this was going to turn awry very quickly. And it did. And I just, I felt for the girl a lot more than I usually do. Yeah. Because she seemed, well, my, she just seemed her... so prepared and naive in really strong ways. I agree. I love yeah, Well, let's she... talk about her relationship with her mom. Because we always talk about something that is unique about that girl and why they chose her. And a couple weeks back when they first featured a girl this season whose mother herself has been a teen mom, I thought, oh, okay, that's unique. But then almost every episode since, that's been the case. So that really, I guess, is not that unique. So, uh, yes, Taylor's mom, she was pregnant at 17, and she decided to put up her baby for adoption. Mm -hmm. So as we discussed, Mm, she, her mother was kind of pushing her in that direction, just saying she didn't think she could handle it, it's a big struggle, and that she doesn't want to see her have to struggle like that. But Nathan doesn't want to leave his child like his father did, and, you know, Taylor decided against it. So what did you think about the, their adoption talk, Ed? The adoption talk in particular? I felt like that's something that is such a huge decision. I mean... I was scared even imagining what it would be like to be in those shoes because of the decision. And, and this is really just a generic comment on adoption, really, but the decision, the, the how huge of a decision that is, you know, you make in a, in a matter of moments that affects the rest of multiple lives. So, I mean, I don't think that anybody in the whole, you know, all the people that were discussing it, except maybe the mom, had really any sort of, uh, you know, level of maturity to even address it. You know, they were all ill-equipped is what I felt. I felt they were all ill-equipped to address the issue. And, Isabel, how did you feel? Because you said you had some strong opinions about the mom and adoption. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to bring what I believe. I think everybody's allowed to, you know, believe and follow what they think it's right but I just felt like the mom I mean it has to be hard that when you were 17 you give up your you know baby up for adoption and then you have a 15 year old daughter who is telling you in your face I don't believe in having anyone else raise my daughter or son and yeah. he, you're hearing it from your own daughter I, at some point you have those feelings have to come back as like a slap in the face like I, I didn't feel like I could do it or didn't want to do it at 17 and my own daughter who's 15 is fighting and arguing with me about keeping her child because she doesn't feel like it's right or doesn't want anyone else raising her baby um and when I kept watching that it was kind of like oh okay she, you know I know I understand she's 15 she doesn't have much, whatever the reasons are but what she does have is a lot of love for her baby and she wants it around her and she wants it with her and here's the mom I just kind of felt like the mom kind of hoped that her daughter just took the same route she did maybe to make herself feel better about what she did yeah, i don't maybe, know it maybe. just it, that just kept staying in my head it was just like shut up she's not you she obviously is a little stronger in that sense she wants to keep the baby but it, just like courtney said it was very gullible mm, how i don't know if that's stronger i wouldn't say that someone choosing adoption is not as strong um, okay, well, that's your opinion, but I just feel like, in this sense, here she was, you know, for me, stronger in her opinion, sticking by what she believed, and maybe her mom didn't have the same, you know, I don't know, the same support she had, and she was just pushed to do it, and here her daughter saying, whether you agree or not, I am going to keep the baby. 
And Courtney, what did you think? I think that um, the adoption discussion, I, I, I don't feel like we got, obviously we didn't all of what was said and how many times they discussed it because in the after show they talk about how she really did visit some adoption agencies and she really highly considered it. Um, I don't feel like the mom was really pushing her own what she'd been through on her as much as I think her mom realized that girl was a freshman in high school. Neither of them yeah. can drive. They can barely get jobs. The daughter and the girl, Taylor, no, said she's legally not allowed to get a job yet. And it was one of those, and the mom knows that she's struggling just to raise Taylor. And so she also knows that the guy is going to become whatever he's going to become if he feels like becoming it. So she can't depend on that. So I think that she was just being practical. And she's like, love doesn't raise a kid. Love by itself doesn't. So as much as it's, great in theory that you know she loves her baby and she wants to keep her baby and do the best by it she really i mean in all reality the resources are not necessarily at her disposal and in order to get them there she's gonna really have to sacrifice a lot and i guess on one hand it's um admirable that she's wanting to sacrifice but that's what kind of i don't think she actually was as willing to sacrifice as she thought she would be and she started to show signs of that, like when they were at dinner and they were talking about who should go to school and who shouldn't go to school. And, yes, it sucks that the guy didn't – it's like it wasn't even an option on the table for him. But they were bickering like children. Well, I want to go. Well, I want to go. Well, I want to go. Well, both of you shouldn't go. You should both be getting homeschooled, and you should both be taking care of the baby. Right. But nobody ever considered that. Right. So I think the mom was really just being honest with – everyone and trying to get them to see reality because they were on la la land that's what pissed me off the most about the boyfriend nathan he's like oh you're having my child i'm going to be there for my baby unlike my dad that's all like fantasy world like yeah i want to be the man my dad wasn't well honey you're not even a man yet like so you can't even be any portion of that but don't for we the most part. Yeah. don't don't we uh still give i mean because you know it could possibly be argued that any one of these kids on any of these shows is only sort of just regurgitating what they've heard is the right thing to do, that they don't have the maturity level to back up or support the decisions that they're making because they don't, they just don't have it. They don't have the experience. They don't, you know, most of them, most of the shows I, I you know, the theme is sort of, they don't even understand that 300 bucks in the, in the bank is, is zero is the same as having nothing, mm -hmm. you know? So, I don't know. On, on one hand, I, I mean, I completely agree with you, Courtney, but I also, you know, I also see sort of, um, I, I, I guess it's admirable that, for example, the young girl, uh, you could say she had enough about herself and, and, and to know that she wanted to keep her, her child before it was even there, before she's old enough to really understand what that means. Like there's some good intention there that we like to see. We're glad to see that rather than the opposite, right? Yeah, I think level. that it was her decision, and if that's what she wants to do, then that's great. But I think as a mother, you need to present all options and present her with the option of adoption and discuss it with her. She ultimately made the decision against it, and that is totally fine, but I think a mother's job is to present that option. But, Courtney, you were talking a lot about Nathan. I want to get your guys' take. I mean, Ed, 
I have a feeling about what you're going to say. I mean, the fact that he kept putting off the job hunt, the fact that once the baby was born, he wasn't helping and he was so lazy. Where does he fall when it comes to the 16 and pregnant baby daddies? Because I don't think he's one of the worst. He's clearly not one of the best, but I, I didn't think he was one of the worst we've seen. Right. Well, I, I can I can tell you that my um, my opinion is is clouded by the the meanness. You know, I, it's and this is a personal thing of mine. I'm particularly sensitive to people being mean. I mean, you add in there being mean to your brand new young baby mama. You know, that just makes it even worse for me. So, I, you know, I'm I'm not really at this point. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, unbiased person to ask about this one, but um, yeah. As so soon you're as, meaning when he was saying "shut up" to her and "are you stupid" and "you're yeah, an idiot" during I'm, I'm during done. The, I'm done. He, I'm done. But when he said when he started doing that stuff, all the good stuff he did before it meant nothing. It meant nothing to me. So you yeah. got you have to fix yeah. that. You have to fix that immediately. You have to never go there again. But the reality is, He's I know people. Yeah, I know yeah. people do it all the time. And like I said, don't ask me this one because I'm not going to sound fair. Uh, in my response, because, uh, you know, I'm sensitive. Well, I also, my perspective on him changed a lot once we found out about the after show. So, Courtney, why don't you, you update us on yeah, where break it down, Courtney, break it down. down. I want to get your take on Nathan. More reason that this is, like, the most depressing episode ever. Um, <laughs> she, they're still together, and she said that they are still doing their best to raise their daughter together. And... Um, Obviously, she she found out a few weeks ago, apparently, that he cheated on her while she was pregnant. And uh, even though they're working together and she kept giving him credit, like, he's still trying to be a good father and he's, you know, trying to be there for us. But he cheated on me. He goes out at night and sometimes I don't hear from him. And on, I guess, on one of the days during the week, um, his mother gets uh, their uh, gets Aubrey. And that's supposed to be, like, their one day a week off so they can hang out or be together. And he'll disappear. And she'll hear from him at 3 in the morning or whatever. And he'll finally show back up. And apparently he's got some sketchy friends that she doesn't approve of. And he speaks to other girls inappropriately in her mind, I guess, maybe flirting and that kind of thing over phone and text. And it makes her a little uncomfortable. But they're working together to make it work, which (laughs) made me want to barf. That sounds like that's nothing but a list of reasons to not make it work. Um, What about, didn't she say, Courtney, didn't she say something about uh, she don't like the way guys look at her now because she can't get, I mean, what about that? Does that mean that she was saying that she just feels, because she feels different. She said she, one of the things, I mean, obviously she prefers her pre-pregnancy body. And because they were asking her sort of like what things have changed and how do you feel about the changes socially and that kind of stuff. And she said she doesn't like being looked at as, um, a girl with a baby now like it's different and they look at her differently than they look at the other teenage girls so even if she's like in shape and cute she's still the girl with the baby uh-huh. and she doesn't like that stigma that's attached to her um, through from the guy's eyes and it's not very much different than what she was talking about during the episode being concerned about how people are viewing her that now that she's pregnant or was pregnant with Nathan's baby that she's you know trash and she's a skank and that kind of thing okay. so okay she spoke to that a little more in her after show, but it, it just it's just depressing to me because she's freshman in college in high school, sorry, and saying how she's still trying to get through 
and Nathan's kind of doing his thing, but we're making it work together. It doesn't sound like they're making anything work together. It sounds like she's accepting bullcrap because that's all she thinks she can get or have right now, and that's how she settled. It looks like she's... What did you think of Nathan? I did not... I mean, I don't think they showed enough after the baby came. It was just kind of like they showed a few... Um, moments where he spent the night and every time he spent the night when when we got to see he complained about being his turn to get up and feed the baby I mean it was I just kept watching that and like there has to be more to this is it like this every time he spends the night where he couldn't even get up and get the bottles or he couldn't even get up and get the trash take the trash out or like the mom said there was a few nights where he woke her up to get him a bib so he could feed the baby instead of just, you know, doing it himself as they had agreed. So I didn't not like him. I, I don't think he was any different than any of the other um, 16 and pregnant daddies. I think he was probably even one of the worst. But um, it was just kind of like, well, this is expected. He's 16. He They didn't want the baby. They didn't plan for the baby. He, you know... I don't know why she even asked him. You know, she said, I have to get reassurance from him that he's going to be there before I make my decision. Uh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm that sorry. Even yeah, that's not, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think so. Like, have you not watched any of the other episodes or have you not? Like, no, it never works out. You well, have she, to make the decision for you. We know she watched the other episode because one of the girls is her hero, according to the after show. Correct me if I'm wrong, Courtney and Isabel. Yeah, well, she said she, her, <laughs> her uh, she looks up to Macy from Team Mom for making it work and figuring it out on her own and exactly. really being able to be on her own and she hopes to be like that. Well, she may, I'm sure Macy was not ignoring when Ryan was cheating or looking the other way like, okay, he's texting girls. That's why she made it work. She left. Mm-hmm. She left. She yeah, left she and never came back. She was a little bit older and farther along right. in yeah. life. Like, yeah, Macy was about to graduate. Right. That's what I wanted to say about Nathan is I attribute a lot of his actions to his immaturity and his age. Because I actually will say when she was giving birth, he seemed to be very attentive and very sensitive and very caring. And, you know, when they were preparing for the baby, once the baby came, I saw a shift and I more attributed that to him being overwhelmed, immature and unable to handle it. Right. I agree, and I think but, I mentioned uh, this before. You know, we always focus on the girls going through postpartum and this and that. But, you know, the dads go through that, too. So the mix of, you know, immaturity and the feelings of just being left out because now your 15-year-old girlfriend that's always been there playing with you, running around with you, can no longer do that. And now the baby's taking all that time away from you. I actually wanted to talk to you guys about postpartum. I don't know if if Taylor necessarily has that. But this episode did a good job of really showing the isolation that moms deal with because, you know, she did not return back to school and she did virtual school instead. And she kept saying throughout that she really wanted to go back to school. She wanted to be with her friends. She missed being in that atmosphere and that it was very isolating and lonely and boring just to be sitting in a room with a computer. So... I also wanted to get your take, Isabel, just because, you know, you've been through this. In those first couple weeks, is it kind of isolating? Because I imagine it would be just because you're constantly just with this one other thing and thing, one with your baby. And I just, 
feel like maybe it might be a little bit isolating. Um, I think I made it a week um, <laughs> locked up in my mother's home. Um, you're supposed to, from with my in my culture, they believe you're supposed to stay indoor for at least what 40 days, I think, and make sure you're healed and your baby's healed. I could not take more than a week. And I told my mom, I'm going to go home and pick up some stuff and come back, and I never came back. <laughs> I just did not want to be locked up. So it is, it's lonely. It's frustrating. I remember messaging my friends at work, like, I miss work. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be with the baby. It was just kind of like, I don't want to be here. This is, I, I can't take it. It's frustration. You, you know, I was feeling feelings I never felt before. I was getting a little depressed and honestly leaving my mom's home, knowing that I wasn't going to be locked up and I can just go to my home and if I wanted to go outside I can walk outside made a big a huge difference in the way I felt but I did feel lonely I felt you know and I had my my baby's dad with me there but it was just like you're stuck in this room everybody feels like you shouldn't go out you know um you're just locked up I just I hated it I could not take it and I left and just made sure that once I got home you know, there was always friends visiting or something. I did not want to feel like this is it. <laughs> this is what becoming a mom means. You're home all the time now. Yeah. Ed and Courtney, what did you guys think about about that part of the virtual school? Because I thought that was an interesting part of the episode that we haven't really seen with just discussing the isolation. Well, it obviously sucks. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine having to, you know, have a be 14 years 15 years old supposed to be a freshman in high school and you have a infant and you're supposed to be going to school on a computer all day and there's no other stimulation for you so I think that it would drive me insane right now and I'm a grown-up so I, I I get it but at the same time that's the choice that she made and she can complain about it, and it'll suck, and we can feel bad for her, but she still chose it. And her mom did everything she could to warn her that this is the life that you're choosing. And that's why I also think that Nathan should have sucked it up and been right there at home, homeschooling, and they could be sharing the 24-hour yeah. responsibility since they weren't able to uh, – he obviously wasn't able to get a job, and he could try to get a job during the day if homeschool seemed to only be like three or four hours a day. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that would, to me, show more of an effort on his part had he done it. They should have both been doing it at home to me, you know, especially when it caused so much pain for her to be the only one having to do right. it. You know, I didn't even think about that, Courtney, and I think it's a great idea. <clears throat> um, but what I want to say is that this is, again, this is sort of a general theme that keeps getting hit on uh, for me with this stuff, and that is that we, the people that are around these events, these 15-, 16-, 17-year-olds, girls getting pregnant, in my opinion, they don't treat it like what it is. It's really a crisis situation. And and they need such an amazing amount of support. And this is just one example. Here you have a situation well, where the girl not only needs to not feel isolated, but the people around her need to recognize that it's, it's unhealthy, it's dangerous for her mentally and for her in, her in her mental attitude towards taking care of her child to just be allowed to be isolated and and, you know, I know there's limitations on what people can and can't do in this situation. The, the moms couldn't babysit and stuff. But, you know, last week we talked about, um, Isabel mentioned how important the extended support family and you know, extended support group she had with her family, how important that is within the family. And I think 
really that's what's lacking in, in m many of these cases. It's not treated like the crisis that it is. And, and so, you know, we're getting to see these things kind of just pan out. And, and I find myself watching it going, no, don't do that. Or somebody save this or change that. You know, it's, it's a crisis and we need crisis response in, in this situation. That's how I see it. You know, I have to disagree with you about this episode because I actually was just going to say that this family, they're, both of their mothers uh, and her sister, I thought, were very involved and they were a great support system. And one thing I noted when watching the episode was the fact that the moms got together a couple weeks before the baby was born mm -hmm. and they decided to make a plan of, you know, a couple nights a week, Nathan's going to sleep over, she's going to stay in virtual school, you know, who's going to babysit. And I thought that was great. And I thought that once... Nathan and uh, Taylor were really fighting that the mom got involved mm -hmm. and she tried to help. And she mm -hmm. said to Nathan, you know, you're here, but you're not here. You're mean to her. You have an attitude. And, you know, I, I thought it was good that she got involved because so many of these past couple episodes, the parents didn't. And it was right. a stark contrast from... Uh, you know, the, that poor episode of the, the anorexic girl and yeah. the girl who the mom, um, you know, shut off, the heat shut off, the mom was always with her boyfriend, it might be the same one. But, you know, we're seeing some pretty bad moms this season in particular. And so I thought it was good that these moms stayed involved. Uh, so what did you guys think about her, the mom talking with, with Mason at the end there after their fight? Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know that... When I saw that, it was in my head again. Where's his mom? We saw the mom, his mom once, and then at once the baby came. That was it. You never see her helping him or helping them. Uh, maybe it would have helped, you know, to say, you know, they stay half time at her mom's house and then half time at his mom's house. So then it would be fifty fifty. Um, I thought it was a good idea for the mom to have a talk with both of them because she wasn't only putting down her foot with Nathan, he, she was just saying, I'm not going to have this at home. You both have to learn how to talk. You both have to work on this. You both have to tell each other what you need from each other and make it work. Because now there's a baby, and whatever you guys need doesn't or feel doesn't really matter right now. Um, but, I, you know, after that talk, it, it didn't seem like it helped at all. I mean, it feels like, like always, the girl is a little more mature than the the guy, and she was trying a little more. He just, you know, listened to her, said he would, but we went back to, you know, him being rude to her. Yeah. Courtney, what did you think? I think that it was, I mean, the mom got involved, which is nice, but it's kind of like, okay, she kind of had to, because she's providing everything for the this situation for all intents and purposes that might as well be her kid in terms of finances right and i think it was a little it was a little heartbreaking to watch the conversation and I, they were like in a stairway or something yeah. when she was saying he was being mean to her and all this because her heart is with her daughter which don't get me wrong he was being mean but i'm certain that their conversations were not positive towards each other at all like she was probably just as mean and going because they were both equally childish to me in that um in this episode i felt like they were both very delusional about what they were choosing to do and how it was going to go forward and it was quite apparent when the baby pooped the first time at the house and they, they didn't even know how to wipe the butt and the sister came over like she's in a pool of pee lift her butt up 
so they just were way in over their heads, and I think the mom was doing the best she could. It would have been nice if the other mom was there for that right. conversation, too. But, I mean, they, these moms work, like, crazy shifts. The mom, <laughs> One mom works overnight. The other mom works a 10-hour shift in the middle of the day. So I really think yeah. they're doing as much as they can, and I don't want to be the person that says, because ideally your family is there to support you when you make a mistake, and they obviously made a mistake. But at the same time, some mistakes have grown-up consequences, and one of the grown-up consequences is your life has to change, and you have to make it work some kind of way without mom's help sometimes. Right. Because in order for mom to keep the boat floating, she's still got to go to work, and she's still got to be able to function and do her life so that you have a roof over your head and the baby has diapers. So it just kind of sucks that they couldn't even figure out how to talk to each other and how to say, get off your butt and get the bottle yourself without going back and forth. And right. it just, it's sad. The whole episode was just depressing. Yeah, Ed, I wanted to get your take before we go to a commercial and our news and gossip. What did you think of the mom intervening there? Um, well, uh, the good parts about it, I agreed with you uh, 100%. Um, and those, yeah. definitely, the stepping in, the, the observing, the, the coming together with the other mom, when you know, when this, all that stuff is all good. I still, what I'm saying is that um, there always seems to be some sort of something falling short here that even with all that, and, 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 you know, I admit a lot of times the resources required for this crisis are not there. They're just not there. And then you see a situation like this where you see effort on the mom's part to do the best that she can with what she has. And that's pretty much all you can do. Um, so I really, you know, for me, the good parts are the good parts, but the sad parts are still the sad parts. Yeah. Well, let's go to a commercial break before we get back to some sad news and gossip. Want to find out what the afterbuzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. This television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. Like you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Find out why Afterbuzz TV is the number one source for after show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. 424-256-1729. 424 424-256. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Your husband or your best friend? <laughs> the wig! The wig will come out. When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on. Okay, so let's get into some news and gossip this week. After Buzz TV News. So this is actually, I really hate to report this. I hated reading this. It's really sad. Amber Portwood... Uh, who is coming up on Teen Mom, uh, the next season of it. She's been admitted to the hospital after a suspected suicide attempt in Indiana. A source says the 21-year-old has been depressed and threatened to take her own life. Indiana law enforcement added she did not appear to be injured when they arrived at the scene, but she was immediately taken to the hospital. Apparently, she left an alarming voicemail with Gary Shirley, uh, her baby daddy, and after that, he alerted a family member about her depression and advised they go to her house. And she remains in the hospital where she's undergoing evaluation. And, you know, I just have to say that not only does she have to deal with raising 
a baby at her age, but all the while with the cameras rolling and the fame and the notoriety and everything that's attached to it. So, you know, it's, this is just really sad. What did you guys I, I It's awful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I hate to see it come to that. I had hoped that she would figure it out, but she was the one constantly fighting with her baby daddy, and they've had all kind of legal and inter actions with the police and arrests and all kind of craziness. So I can't say that I'm surprised, but it's definitely unfortunate for her little daughter. Isn't her daughter's name Aubrey, too? Leah. Aubrey's Chelsea's daughter. Oh, that's Leah. Oh, that's Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, yeah. she always, I just feel like she's still going through that um, depressive, she's been depressed the entire season, and I don't think it was ever really, she never did anything to, you know, I know she tried to get counseling, but never did anything to help after that. And she actually was one of the ones that had a really good daddy because he always wanted Leah around and wanted to take her and would take her. And so there has to be more to her uh, state of depression. Was he sick? Yeah. And we haven't heard much about him. I don't even know if her dad is still alive, but I know that, you know, they did mention how she tried to keep her dad out of the show and her dad's sickness out of the show. Yeah, so I hope he hasn't yeah. gone by the wayside and that's what's causing even more problems. Right. Him, well, right. you know what kind of alerts me to it and I, I can't say I'm not surprised is so just, just a couple days before, before this suicide attempt, she did an interview where she said um, that she doesn't want Leah to make the same mistakes that she did by getting pregnant and she knows it's her responsibility to educate Leah. She said, quote, I would never want to be stuck. I would never want her to be stuck in my situation that I'm in right now. You can only blame your parents, guardians, the people that raised you. This is me as a mom. The way that I feel is if Leah gets pregnant at the age of 16, that's my fault for not educating her because I was not educated. So it's all very sad. We're going to have to keep listeners posted on what's going on with her, but that was some sad news to report. And not that the news in gossip ever really is good news around here, but um, last week we reported that April, she's the mother of Whitney from season one of 16 and Pregnant, she was arrested for possession of marijuana and meth. And uh, Whitney now says she's nothing like her parents and has no plans to fall in their footsteps and that she does not want her son to grow up how uh, how she did, but she adds that she hopes her mom will overcome this. Wow. Well, I mean, when has a week gone by that we haven't reported an arrest or something like that? And then finally, I just wanted to bring up a study that I thought was interesting that was just released. The Public Religion Research Institute did a study indicating that viewers of 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom um, are supportive of abortion being legal, and they know someone who has had an abortion. Wow, so they're trying to indicate that this is um, influencing people's opinions? Um, I don't know if the show is directly, but the viewers who watch it are supportive of abortion. I don't know if the show is causing them to be supportive, but... They are. I see. Well, I mean, that is that what you is that what you take away from that? Do you think the show is making them more supportive? Because I think maybe it's just a generational thing, and just 
at their age to support another. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, I think that maybe what they were trying to find out. Yeah. I think it's the well, the using Sorry. One person at a time. What did you say? No, um, it was just back to the comment about the abortion and whether or not the people watching it are influenced towards abortion or they already are a stance on that. I think that it's probably a combination of both. And it is a little generational. I think abortion is a little more acceptable to our generation. Mm -hmm. And then, you, and if you're watching what's happening to these girls, it's kind of like, spare the children and spare yourselves. I could see how people would think that way. Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of both, probably. And the news and gossip is never, never good to report, uh, unfortunately. But um, let's get into our predictions for next week, which is actually the season finale. So uh, this is one of our final shows, now, this, and then and then the reunion. <laughs> okay, so uh, in the season finale, we have Allie. And this is probably one of the most explosive, and I, I had a feeling they'd, they'd save one of the most dramatic for last. Because they showed this in the previews of the first season, and or of the season before it aired, and now they're saving it for last. She gets in a huge explosive fight with her baby daddy's mom, and she had moved in, and there's major issues. And then they show her moving out and him crying and major fights, so probably going to be a lot of drama. What do you guys think? More sixteen and pregnant drama. <laughs> babies having babies. <laughs> I definitely yeah. think there will be more drama. Yeah, this um, episode looks very dramatic, and here we go. More. Um, I mean, I think this is probably one of the first ones where we actually see somebody hit someone. I think a, a mom hit. I don't know, yeah. ba it's not her own son or daughter. So she's hitting the girlfriend. So I can't wait to see that. And see why they're even fighting. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you for joining me this week. And next week, we will get into the season finale. And uh, we're counting down to the end of the season. So, thank you, Ed, Isabel, and Courtney. And everyone, join us again thank same you. time next week. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, buzz you later. you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.